Welcome to Cupify This, the show geared towards understanding why people behave the way they do and what we can do to get our needs met. When our cups are full or filling, we have a strong sense of well-being. When they are emptying, we are driven to choose behaviours to fill them. In this show, we aim to cupify life. We're going to explore big ideas, current events and life in general using the lens of the Phoenix Cups. Welcome back, episode 10. Woohoo! We're on a bit of a roll now. Yeah, we are. And we're going to be talking about parenting and children's behaviour. I talk about that a lot in my job. Yeah, you do. So I think, although I have children myself, I think you are the expert in children's behaviour. qualified as a parent. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask my children. (laughs) They're pretty amazing. (laughs) No, they are. So you have a couple of teenagers now. Yeah. And I also have, oh, I've got one in teenage years and Mm -hmm. I have managed to get one all the way to 21 as well which is very exciting and i have a baby and yeah. he is 11 <laughs> and he, he is will your baby. he will forever be my baby he will. and that is just he is the baby and yeah and also um his siblings whom i raised when they were in primary school and they're now adults so yeah. children everywhere yeah you've got a good them. collection don't you I, do. I collect them all not baseball cards yeah <laughs> not pokemon no they're not. <laughs> There's just seven children. Yeah. So we don't have children together. No, we don't. No, that kind of works for us. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've been there. We we've have, done that. We have previous marriages and yeah. children from those marriages. Uh, so, yes, we do not have children of our own, but we've been raising children of our own. Yeah. And, and each um, other's. And each other's. Mm. Yes, we do co-parent. Yeah. And that is, that brings with it a whole set of other challenges. Yeah. Perhaps we could talk about step-parenting on a whole different podcast. Yeah, that, that would be actually great. Yeah, it's, well, let's do that. It's a tricky one, mm. uh, but I wanted to talk about children's behaviour and parenting when it comes to children's behaviour because I think our best resource when it comes to children's behaviour or the thing that we tend to draw on the most is the way that we were raised, which probably comes from the way our parents were raised by our grandparents and their grandparents. And so when we go back to that default, you know, sometimes some of that worked and sometimes some of that didn't. But yeah. we have, we're, we're living in an era where this whole lot of neuroscience is available to us. Lots of different research and theory and evidence about ways of, of responding yeah. to children's behavior. So I'm going to draw on some of that as opposed to things that might be more intuitive yeah. to us. Yeah. And that old saying, isn't it? When you know better, you do better. Yeah. And we and, can't do better until mm, we know better. Yeah. And I've certainly been on that journey, having been parenting now for 21 years. It, uh, I, I'm, I would do things differently now than I did things 20 years ago. Yeah. I was talking about that with a friend the other day. We were just saying how differently we would raise our our firstborns now if if we had them now. Uh, so there is, oh yeah, we just certainly can't do better until we know better or... And we do the best we can with what we've got at the point in time that we're doing it. And I think that we need to remind ourselves that our parents did that too. You yeah, know, a lot of the time they, they did the best they could with what they had. Yeah. And and so that's what we're doing at the moment as parents, the best we can with what we've got. But there is some stuff that I find really useful around children's behavior to know about. First of all, uh, we were talking about how, before how the different ages of, of our children have presented with different challenges. And I, I find parenting in the early years quite a juggling act and had a lot of children mm. under 10 at one point. And, and, then, and then I found around about 
the 9, 10, 11 year old really tricky. <laughs> but I think my favorite, I actually, my favorite is teenagers and, yeah. and young adults. I, I'm really enjoying that. Everybody made me terrified of it when I had, you know, a newborn and a three year old. I was terrified when they were newborn. Yeah. Like, they look so fragile holding them. And initially it's just this big ball of responsibility. Yes. And <laughs> once upon a time you only had your cups to fill and now you've got theirs as well. Yeah. So then when it comes to their behavior at different ages, are different uh, present different challenges. And so one of the things that I wanted to mention uh, around children's behavior, because I can talk about children's behavior for a solid eight hours, and I certainly do in some of my masterclasses, but responding to your children's behavior needs to be guided by just one Thing, and that is that their behavior is their best attempt at any given point in time to fill their cups, given their brain maturation, their body maturation, their skills, their abilities, their learning, their knowledge, their knowledge about the social, cultural values, rules and norms of the society they just happen to be born into. You know, all of this develops over time. And so they're choosing the best possible behavior they have to fill up their cups. And children are efficient, effective cup fillers. They know how to get their needs met. They're born, they're wired to get their needs met. And we see them doing that seeking to fill up their safety cup immediately and their connection cup as soon as they're born right so our job from there as parents is to not manage their behaviors that they're using that is their best behaviors to fill their cups at any given point in time instead our job is to teach them skill to fill because as soon as they have a better behavior to use that's more efficient or more effective and more considerate of people, they will use it as soon as they learn how to use it. So, And learning about behavior is just as complex and actually arguably more complex than most other learning your children will do. You know, we tend not to want a behavior manager if they, you know, if they keep saying that the green is orange and we, we're like, okay, yeah, well, we're going to go through that again. Well, next time we'll discuss this again. And I'm going to remind you that this is green and we don't say, right, that's it. I've had enough of this behavior for one day. Go to your room and think about what you've done there. <laughs> but it's learning. It's just exactly the same sort of learning. Yeah. Driven intensely by the will to fill as well. Yes. Absolutely. Driven by the empty part of the cup, yep. which is the wheel to fill. Yes. So there are the things that we need to do as parents is teach them about the skill to fill. We want to, first of all, teach them about their needs. They need to know everything there is to know about words like freedom and autonomy and choice and mastery and self-confidence and fun and joy and connection and acceptance and belonging and safety and security. So we want to surround them in these words around their needs. Uh, and of course, I've just kind of rattled off a whole lot of um, words synonymous with and around you know, the Phoenix Cups framework there as an example. So I, I don't use cups with children, particularly children under seven. I tend to just want them to be soaked in this language about needs. I, I want them to really understand what my needs look like and what their needs look like. Uh, and then as they get older, that's when we can start to yep. use this uh, analogy about cups with yeah, them. So yeah, our children are very proficient in cup language, aren't they? Yes. So they speak to us with cups. Yeah, our teenagers very mm. much so, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they will. That That's emptying my freedom cup. Yep. And <laughs> we get yeah. Or I've got an empty freedom cup and I really just need to go for a skate, even though it's dark, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So, this party is going to yeah. fill my connection cup with all my friends there. 
<laughs> they get very good arguments. Yes. They yes. win those rounds sometimes mm. when they use cops against us. Uh, so it's really important for us as parents to be teaching them about their needs. The next thing we need to do is, do is support them to learn how to be considerate of other people and other people's needs. Yeah. So being considerate of, of them, but also have empathy for other people's needs. And, and, and to be fair, we're sometimes we're a bit harsh on children because I've met plenty of adults who still aren't yeah. quite there, are they? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I do think that sometimes we expect more of children than we do of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I guess it's only natural that we absolutely want the best for them. So having empathy for other people's needs will help them a great deal when they're – and we keep modelling that, we keep showing that through everything that we do by making that visible and making our thinking visible to our children around that. And, you know, sometimes I think we're not getting anywhere and then other times we have moments like we had recently with our teenager who's who's being quite badly bullied uh, at school and, and I don't use that term bully very often because the child that is doing those behaviours always has his or her own set of, of things going on, own reasons for that will to mm. feel driving that behaviour to fill up their cup. But the, the behaviour has been quite intense and, and impacting on, on my son and he had this beautiful insight where he said, do you know what, I think this child is doing this because his cups are empty, his freedom cup is empty and his mastery cup is empty yep. and he has a really, um, I've heard that he has a really terrible home situation yeah. and and so he's filling his cup by doing this, by having yeah. power over me. Yep. And it was really insightful but it also gave him uh, a perspective where he was able to, mm. to feel like he had a little bit more understanding about why this was happening to him. So having empathy for other people's needs, you know, that was one example in our household recently that was pretty cool, I thought. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to mention uh, is that, and I'm probably just going to talk the whole time, really. Oh, I was going to end this with, and that was the Sandy Phoenix show. But no, that's, this is Sandy's yeah. domain right here. So I'll just hold the microphone. We've only got a short space of we time. Do, we do. Stop oh, talking. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so the other thing is that the most common mistake about responding to children's behaviour is to assume it's attention seeking. Yeah. And I see this all the time that I'll ask a parent or even sometimes a teacher or educator or somebody working with a child, okay. What, the child is choosing the best behavior they have to get their needs met. Why do you think the child is doing this behavior? And nine out of ten times, if this person doesn't have cup language yet, they will say to me, attention seeking, mm. the child's attention seeking. And often that's followed with something like the that said a great deal, oh, you know, they're attention seeking and they're just trying to get my attention in any way they can, whether it's good or bad, they don't care. And that's that's said so often that we tend to think that it, there's truth in it. But, you know, really, if you think about your own behavior, you never sort of wake up in the morning and go, hmm, my attention cup is low yeah. and I think I might go and do some attention seeking today to fill it back up again. And then one of your friends goes, oh, she's attention seeking again. She doesn't doesn't matter yeah. to her how we get how she gets attention. Does I, I would love to see that in the workplace. <laughs> Stop attention seeking. <laughs> you just want it even though it's good or bad. You just yeah. You just yeah. want attention. It's not a human motivation. No. And so if it's not a human motivation, it's not a child motivation because, hey, guess what? Our children are human and they're motivated by the exact same things that we are when it comes to our cups. Um, they're motivated by connection, safety, mastery, freedom and fun. So that being said, children, your children are never attention-seeking, ever. What they are doing, though, is connection-seeking. Yeah. A lot of the time that they're connection-seeking. And when, uh, when we view a behaviour, 
behavior as connection seeking, we will tend to, that reframe helps us to respond in a much more helpful way, in a way that supports the child to get their need met. Yep. Because we wouldn't want to behaviour manage connection seeking, would yeah. we? You'd it, feel pretty terrible. Ah, oh, they're just connection seeking. Yeah, I'll just ignore it. Just ignore it. it. They're just connection <laughs> seeking. <laughs> it does sound awful. So yeah, let's call it what it is, and that's connection seeking. But sometimes it's not connection seeking. Sometimes it's motivated by the will to fill one of the other cups. Yeah. So like rebellion. Rebellion. Yeah. You're a rebel. You were a freedom cup. Oh yeah. I hear about it from your mum all the time. I get the stories. <laughs> yeah, and I can see it. It was from an empty freedom cup. I'd rebel, retaliate, any of those things, just to try to get away, get my freedom cup met. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and you're still like that, really. Really. Yeah. Yeah. You do. <laughs> Never. <laughs> and I, you know, our children have big freedom cups as well. A couple of them, not yep. all of them. A couple of them do, and uh, and you know about it when they've got a big freedom cup because they're quite spirited and can be a little bit. They can challenge us at sometimes, but it is it's freedom seeking. You just mentioned that the idea of challenging us sometimes. Mm. We have to acknowledge that that is a normal situation. Even the Brady Bunch, they they had disagreements. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, whenever we've got conflicting needs, it's going to, you know, there's going to be some tension, right? And that's totally normal. And and talking about that and and, and having conversations around how, well, you know, this is your needs and this is my needs and how can we both get them met here? What what compromise can we have? So, yeah, that rebellion that people, you know, often say, well, they're just being rebellious or they're just rebelling. Well, what is that then? So that's freedom seeking or sometimes it's mastery seeking. Uh, and if it's mastery seeking, how can we support them to feel that self-confidence in yeah. a way that's more skilled? Other things that they could be doing is, of course, safety seeking or maybe they're fun seeking. Yeah. So uh, rather than attention seeking, I yeah. urge you to, to yeah. look at your children's behavior as yeah. connection seeking, What's safety seeking. What's the need seeking. behind the behavior? Yeah, mastery mm-hmm. seeking, freedom yeah. seeking, fun seeking. Yeah, think about it. what is the need. How can you then support the child to go about finding a skill to, to fill up that cup? And we've just got to remember that we've got power over our children. And so, you know, sometimes like you and me, for example, we've got this equal power relationship. I'm not going to empty your cups and you're not going to empty my cups. It's, a, you know, our perception of each other's behaviours that empties yeah. our cups. Our children, however, are often imbalanced in power in our relationships because we can make decisions that impact on them. We can have power over them. And so in that case, we've got to be really careful about making sure that when we're using that power, we're not unfairly or unnecessarily emptying their cups. Yeah. Mm. And just thinking back on my own childhood, how much freedom I was allowed, you know, having a dominant freedom cup and how much freedom my parents actually gave me. And I had a great relationship with my parents mm. because so of that. So you didn't need to do yeah, that extreme freedom seeking. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering yeah. where I'll, the behaviours I would have chosen if they did try to limit that freedom cup filling. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah, well, that's a really good point. And, and I, I feel like I was pretty lucky with my with my mum and she was awesome at recognising my needs. She was an educator. So yeah. uh, I, I think that that helped a lot. Yeah. And, and I think that, that when we have a good relationship with our children and we can talk about their needs – that's where we can support them to when they are feeling like one of their cups is empty, that we can support them to work out what that is and then a plan to make sure that need gets met. So in saying that, it's really super important for you as a parent to be thinking about the fact that you can't pour from an empty cup. I, I was actually going to take back that part since you did well, that the rest is, of it. I, I thought, you know, maybe it. I'll just late, wait till the you end and then, then I'll throw it out, <laughs> keeping <laughs> our own cups. You wrote, a, you wrote a whole chapter on that. 
I did. In their parent TV book. Yeah. Yes, that is called Parents, The One Thing You Need to Know. Yep. Both Sandy and I have chapters in those. Yeah, I wrote my chapter on connection seeking. Mm-hmm. And you wrote yours on You Can't yeah. Pour From an Empty Cup. So you can get that at major department stores and also off parenttv.com. And all the book websites, I think. Yeah, Everywhere. lots of places. Yeah, yeah. Parents, so, The One Thing You Need to Know. It's a really great book. You should yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, definitely keep our own cups full as well. And maybe even look back and some of the times we were a bit harsh on our own parents too remembering they did the best they could with what they had and perhaps their cups weren't always full. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess what we can, the legacy we can give to our children is to show them what self-care looks like, to show them that we prioritise self-care as well as caring for the people around us and that we can make a cup-filling plan for ourselves and and enact that and talk about our needs and and be honest about what we need and and go about developing skill to fill as adults as well, as parents, because that changes the way we way I filled my cups before I had children versus, you know, the way you have to after you have children, it changes, right, once mm-hmm. those little people are involved. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's a great spot to, to finish off this week. Absolutely. Happy yeah. cup filling, peeps. Yeah. And remember, you can always reach out to us on WhatsApp. So if you download the WhatsApp application, you can message us, you can leave voice messages. Yes, our number on that, you'll find us on 0733 and yeah, you could leave us a, a little voice message that we could use on the podcast if yeah, you wouldn't mind. You... Or you can send us a text message yeah. and let us know what you thought of this podcast yep. and connect and let us know you're listening and tell us who you are and all the things. Yep. Also, we're on all the socials as well. Just, yeah, drop by, say hello. Yes, you can join us on Phoenix Cups on Instagram and Phoenix Cups on Facebook. And don't forget to subscribe. See Yay. you next week. See you then. Bye.